Hello, and welcome to Book Reviews Kill, a podcast about fantasy, sci-fi, and horror novels. I'm Chad. And I'm Evan. And you're listening to The Friday Forge, a weekly episode where we dismantle short stories, smelt bookish ideas, and hammer out topics brought forth by the Book Reviews Kill community. And today we'll be answering a couple questions from our wonderful Discord. Hello, Discord members. Uh, the first question we've got comes from Mud Dud. Hi, Mud Dud. Hi, Mud Dud. Also a Patreon subscriber. Uh, Mud Dud asks, do we get to hear more about Chad's voice work for audiobooks and Evan's book in progress and all the reading slash book peripheral stuff? I love hearing about those projects on the side. Would love to get an episode where they explore that stuff more, what it's like to find work, unexpected challenges of reading an entire audiobook out loud, voice sample reels, drafting stories and editing, etc. I think I understand the, uh, the core of this question chad how's the uh, the audio booking going i kind of gave up on it <laughs> man okay so i was about to give up and then i watched a youtube video of a guy who does this for a living and he was like well before you give up if you really want to do this ask yourself have you done 300 auditions <laughs> and i was like no <laughs> <laughs> not even like, close 30 <laughs> i thought i'd get it immediately yeah, he's like well if you haven't then like it's not because you're bad yeah, it's just totally. because you haven't done enough and put the time in and it's a numbers game, you know, so I'm kind yeah. of I'm pulling my 300 right now is what I'm doing. I'm not attacking it quite so fiercely as I was two months ago, but I still do about three or four a week. I find a lot of them are romantic novels, which can be very interesting. And I'd say the the thing that I find that makes me chortle the most about it is the requests by the authors for accents on certain voices, like in this one romantic novel. Both characters were had were uh, from New York, and they had New York accents, which I think, to me personally, is like a really like unsexy accent. <laughs> the New York <laughs> accent is for like complaining about traffic and stuff, you know. It's not for like <laughs> telling someone how you, how much you love them. Um, and so I have a lot of fun with it when I'm by myself, just working on the accents. It's hard for me to whip one out, especially if it's like a sub accent, like you're from England but from this little area. And so I'll do a lot of like YouTube preamble work where I'll be like what does that accent sound like? And I'll listen to like the difference from like Boston and New York. And like, I'll figure out those minor subtle differences between them. So it's better and not just like off the cuff. Like it probably sounded terrible right now, you know, but it's really fun. I really enjoy it. And I'm really excited for when I get the first full length book gig. Yeah. Because once you get that, the floodgates kind of open and then you've got experience and then you can, people will see your profile on ACX or whatever and say, oh, okay, like this guy's done this one. They can look at a sample of it and say, okay, that's a little bit easier for me to gauge whether or not I would like him. Uh, they can look at your recording quality and your vocal quality and stuff. I just stopped doing it because I have so many things going on right now. And I was just like, you really need to put a ton of effort into it. You really need to do a couple takes. You need to edit it. You need to EQ everything, mix it, and make sure everything sounds right. good. It's not just recording and reading. It's a lot of editing work. Yeah, and I found that um, I just didn't really want to put my time into it anymore. And I don't. I don't think that I have a. You know, I have a good voice for uh, for like podcasting, but uh, I don't know. I don't think I have like an animated enough voice or a consistent enough voice. I also have a little bit of a lisp. I, I've thought a lot about your lisp, actually. If I'm thinking about my lisp, I, I think about your lisp, and I think because it doesn't. It doesn't make your communication like some speech impediments really do make it difficult to listen to the person, not because it's annoying or terrible or anything, but just because it's hard to hear some of the pronunciations of the words. And yours is not hindering in any way. And in fact, it's like the spice to a meal. It makes your voice 
more unique and wow endearing oh don't mind me being flattered over here thank you and i don't think you know if if someone's out there is like man i also don't think my voice is that great it's like i think personally now this is me coming off of like 30 auditions and not being a professional by any means at this so you know take this for what it is but i think that the most important thing is passion yeah totally you know And, and understanding the the character that's telling the story and how that should be told the voice right. it should have and then be passionate about what you're doing like the very fact that you're like i don't really want to spend my time doing this definitely means that you should stop <laughs> yeah absolutely but i really love stories and if i could put more of my life into that I-, I would really love it um one more thing on that real fast i'm talking to an author who sent me his book rj gilmore which is about like a vampire uh who comes out of the congo jungle to like a different world apparently and uh, i was talking to him about doing uh his book because i'm just like desperate to get in anywhere and i might just be like hey man let me do this for free for you <laughs> <laughs> that'd be cool and so we're chatting about it yeah 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 that'd be awesome um yeah i mean in regard to my writing the book projects that i've got going on um so i finished a draft for something that i was working on that i was really stoked about and then i decided to shelve it for a little bit and work on revisions for uh this book that i've got which is kind of like a kind of like if Midnight Run or like 310 to Yuma was set in a fantasy world. So it's like a prisoner escort story, which I'm very proud of and I'm really into it. I like the characters quite a bit. Uh, I got, I'm almost to the end of my second round of revisions. Uh, I've hit a little bit of a snag in a scene, a particular scene that's really important. And um, it's been kind of scaring me off. I've been kind of working around it on different parts uh, and just kind of like not really committing to this scene that I know I really need to. Because uh, it can go one of two ways, and I just haven't really, I just haven't really cracked it yet. And so, is it definitional to the rest of the story? Like it'll kind of turn it left or right? Yeah, it'll okay. it'll mess. It'll like one way means I have to completely rewrite the ending, and oh. but I like that way. And then if I keep it the other way, then I don't have to rewrite the ending, but the ending is like really bad. So I know what I have to do, you know. Oh, so, I feel like that's the problem with writing it not chronologically right is you could like change something and be like no i have to rewrite the entire second half well i mean when you're revising um you know so it's like i did a draft like a year ago and i did another revision and it was like a really quick revision just to kind of like make sure it made some sort of sense and then i sent it to a couple agents and the agents were like this is great your writing is great you need to revise this though and so i was like dang i need to actually based around the story elements or what what was the revisions focused on did they tell you yeah i mean like i think that my characters were just kind of like not as fleshed out as they could be and uh just like some things just weren't super clear in the beginning Mm -hmm. of it and i think that that's probably a thing that a lot of early authors kind of deal with too is like it makes so much sense in your head so like communicating that you know on the page you're like i know exactly what's going on here but like of course you do because you wrote it you know like you know what everything is but somebody that's got fresh eyes on it would probably be like why does the inside of this place look like what do you what did why did they go over here? Like, oh, because you wrote, oh, oh. Um, so that's kind of what I'm doing. And then, you know, to that end, you know, getting as many fresh eyes on it as possible. I'm, I'm definitely going to be looking for beta readers here pretty soon. Um, I thought I would need them a lot sooner than I did, but I think I'm going to do another quick revision just because <laughs> I just like, uh, I could still be better. Like I read the first chapter of it a few days ago and there were still things in it that I was just like, Oh, yep. that sentence could be different. Oh, maybe that's too much, too many words right there. I'm going to hone it down a little bit, but you know, it'll never be perfect. No, I, I don't know. Like, I think with, with all this, like I've been very hesitant to like 
break stuff out and you know throw stuff up. I've thought about all different kinds of ways I could do it. Evan's not like a perfectionist or anything, no. Yeah, no. <laughs> um, but like, I mean, I know that like a lot of people would be interested to see what I've got here, and I'm really excited about that. But at the same time, like, I think that after I release something. I'm gonna want to. It'll. It, I'm gonna want to release so much more stuff, and I've yeah. got a bunch of other stuff. I've got. You're gonna get the bug. Yeah, I've got full drafts that are one revision away from me sending to an editor and getting out there. You know, I've got like three of those. Uh, we should make the highest level of our Patreon be the beta reader status. <laughs> oh yeah, maybe I could. I'd be kind of down to do that or something like that. But right. Um. Yeah, it's going very good. Uh. I mean. I have like whole weeks where I only write like maybe like a thousand words or something, and I'm just. It's just daunting and I've got so much stuff going on and um, I don't, it's weird, you know, I never really thought that like becoming like an influencer or whatever would get in the way of putting books out. I always thought it would just be like a really good idea so that I could put books out and now it's like, oh, well now it's taking up all my time and I'm almost like, it's almost like I've made it so that I don't have enough time to do the thing that I started doing this thing for you know what I mean? It's interesting. And also you kind of killed your ability to start terrible and then work your way better because everyone expects well, it's like <laughs> I know, you know, you're right, gonna yeah. release it to like hundred and fifty thousand yeah. people on day one, you know? Oh god, yeah. That's that's I mean, also you know, don't stress about it. <laughs> oh no, believe me, yeah. I mean it is funny too, because like I, f- I feel like um I'm really confident that it, I think people will like it. I, I mean I You should be. I've read some of his work, it's very good, guys. Yeah, I mean I'm totally happy with where a lot of it is. But I know I'm going to put it out and there I will. I'm going to try not to read reviews, but I don't know if I'll be able to stop myself. But I know that as soon as I put it out, there's going to be a few reviews that are like, wow, this guy thinks that he can just write fantasy books because he talks about it online. The book talker to book router should have stayed in your lane. So yeah, that totally, guy's just yeah. a prick who <laughs> <laughs> makes his money off of beating other people down and he knows that negativity is more sellable than positivity. I don't know. Don't listen. Well, to that. I mean, I, at the end of the day, I really, I honestly just don't really care about it i love fantasy books and i love writing and i'm just gonna do it regardless of any feedback like nobody can make me not do it you know what i mean so and i think that that's probably why like putting out a large volume of work over the next like five to ten years you know i kind of just want to put out like not even really worry about what genre it is marketability whatever i just want to put out there's a horror novel that i just started outlining that i'm pretty stoked about that Mm, i i wrote a a boho (laughs) <laughs> it is Definitely it so. is it is forest <laughs> horror it's like a mix of like jeepers creepers that twilight zone episode nightmare at twenty thousand feet or thirty thousand feet or whatever i liked the idea of somebody having an experience and then nobody believing them right so that's kind of like what i wanted to center the book around so it's like a horror novel about like an abduction sort of thing I'm not, i don't want to give too many details okay, away but okay. it's essentially just about like a, like a kid who has a very traumatic ex- experience and then as a young adult kind of revisits it and thinks throughout most of the book that he's been told basically by his parents and like therapists and stuff like, no, that was a way for you to like cope with this. That didn't actually happen to you, but it like totally did. You know what I mean? Right. So, uh, so doing something like Ooh, that. That's cool. Yeah. Um, so I started like a hypnotist. He just like mess wakes him up and messes him up. Yeah. Good stuff. Like but that. my brain is like so all over the place constantly on everything. Like sometimes I want to play video games. Sometimes I want to write. Sometimes I want to read. Sometimes I want to make music. Sometimes I want to draw. Sometimes I just want to like lay on TikTok and just watch other people doing stuff. And then before you know it, like three weeks has gone by and I've barely made a dent into these revisions, even though I have a whole audience that would be so fine with reading something, even if it was like not amazing. You know what I mean? It doesn't have to be like the next Way of Kings or the next Assassin's Apprentice or something like that. But 
Um, there is less like that little part of my mind that's like, well, if it's not, everyone's going to hate it. Everyone's just going <laughs> to write you and off no completely. Watch your videos anymore. No, my like, whole career will be person. over. I'll have to go work <laughs> at a gas station. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> no shade uh, to those who work at gas stations. No, though. we need you. But like, I am well on my way to doing stuff that I really care about and that I love. And yeah, I'm, I'm fine with it. You, you know, you, you just try not to ruminate and just do the craft, do it, do it because you like it. Those are my best like writing days. You know, it's not like when I'm feeling like super inspired and then I sit down and write 10,000 words or something. I'm like, those are really good days too. But, um, you know, like my, my good writing days are just days where I sit and um, a, a cool scene happens or like a, a good revision happens, you know, where I'm like, oh, I finally like knocked those two pieces together. And that was so, that was such a scene that I felt like wasn't working. And then I just changed like this key element that actually worked with something else that I was having trouble with. So, hey, that kind of worked itself out. And um, those are, those are really good days. And those are, those, those come on days when like I'm not feeling super inspired or feeling you know what i mean i'm just like <laughs> in my sweatpants like very tired right i mean that's almost the mark of someone who's very skilled at something is the ability to do it when they're not feeling it right a really good piece of advice that i received i used to work with a bunch of pilots and i remember i was like i was trying to accomplish some goal in the job that i was doing and i was worried about some tertiary thing and he was like there's a saying amongst pilots you know because you have a, all these knobs and levers and gauges and switches and there's so much so many things going on it's really easy to get caught up in all those tertiary things and he's like you know the most important thing about being a pilot is to fly the damn plane and i feel like that's very <laughs> applicable and like a lot of things yeah. that we do in life like you said just like stop worrying about all the other stuff what people are going to think or any of the reaction just write the damn book you yeah, know like fly the plane just yeah it's, just it's in the, the air plane yeah i mean and i appreciate our audience and our listeners and people in the discord and the patreon and stuff the encouragement is really awesome um, I haven't seen one bit of like, oh, like, do you really think you could do that? Or like, why would you do that? Or anything like that, which is really great because I've heard it from people like in my personal life. So <laughs> they have their reasons for saying that kind of stuff. But it's just really nice and um, very encouraging to have a community that's like, hey, when you when you do release stuff, we'll we'll check it out. Yeah. And that Mud Duds question didn't begin with like, since your voice is so squeaky and awful, why are you doing book narration? You know, right, it was just yeah. like a let's hear more cared enough it. to just like follow up. Yeah, exactly. Which is so awesome. We really just swung and home run the audience selection. Oh my god, I think about it like literally every day. <laughs> Same. Um, all right, so <laughs> so blessed. Let's do the next question. How do you feel about that? I think that's a great idea. Cool. This comes from Shadow Boot from our Discord as well. Shadow Boot asks, have you ever felt embarrassed about reading fantasy and sci-fi while talking to other people who read? I keep having this interaction with an acquaintance who is also a reader, but reads biographies and historical stuff and other nonfiction stuff. He will ask me what I've been reading and I sheepishly say, oh, just some fantasy series to which he vaguely nods his head and then launches unproved into a description of some flipping autobiography of some lame European politician. <laughs> I like this. I one. guarantee you that you enjoy your life more than he does. Oh my god! I'm going to take a little bit. I'm going to take a little bit more measured of a response. Uh, I mean, obviously, no. Like, don't don't feel embarrassed about that. Like, you are you are choosing to spend your time in a way that affects nobody other than yourself. And if it's something that you want to do then do it. If there's a reason that you want to do it, it's because some part of you is very intrigued by secondary worlds or stories about things that don't necessarily exist like a European politician does. But that doesn't make it any less significant for you. 
Um, I would say if, for people that really do enjoy or prefer nonfiction, biographies, historical fiction, stuff like that, um, that's a little bit more rooted in what they would call reality. Um, that's cool. I mean, everybody spends their time differently. Uh, one of my friends that I used to work with is a huge, gigantic fantasy fan. Like he's got all the hardcover Wheel of Time books. He goes to conventions. He he loves this stuff. And um, he was one of the first people in my life that I actually got to talk to like uninterrupted with about fantasy books. And so we connected really hard about that. And I worked with him for like six years um, and we got to know each other pretty well. And then there was a period of time where he didn't read any fantasy. He just read nonfiction. That's it for like two years. He was just reading philosophy and um, like biographies and, and stuff like that. I mean, just like nonfiction about like, like politics and stuff like that. You know, he, he didn't seem put out by it. It was just something that he felt like doing. And I feel like it's the same way with, fiction and fantasy and stuff it's just it's what you feel like reading you know and nobody can t- if i had been like well but fantasy is like the the better the better genre right i mean like right. this is what you should be reading he'd be like well no it's just what i feel like reading i think that some of the embarrassment that comes along with it i feel like fantasy has been especially fantasy not necessarily science fiction I feel like science fiction always gets put on like this kind of like intellectual pedestal. Right, right. Because it's so philosophical. It's got the word science in it. Fake words. But like with fantasy, especially, you know, fantasy as a word, it can have like a negative connotation to it. You know, when you say, Over here living in fantasy land. Right, exactly. Yeah. You just um, destroyed the whole genre with one flippant, ignorant statement, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think that that's where some of the embarrassment comes from because it's like, oh, do you need to escape? Is that what it is? Like, can you not handle it here in the real world? To which I would reply, no. And that's totally healthy and fine. You know what I mean? Have you looked around lately? Like, have you seen the real world? Now, I'm not saying check out and don't interact with anybody and just like hole up in your house and only read books and never have any social interactions. And you don't have to take it to that extreme. But I don't think that there's anything wrong with reading stories, especially here's like the real thing here especially when you can usually and reliably pick things out of stories the truth is in yeah. the lie like you can pick things out from these stories that you might honestly like depending on the way your brain works like that you might not really be able to pull out of nonfiction or biographies like i personally can do both but i prefer the fantasy i prefer getting the message through reading uh, and and seeing all this spectacle and and being in a secondary world and being in a place where dragons do exist. I don't think it's childish, even though, uh, you know, (laughs) some people do. But yeah, uh, that's my very, very long way of saying, no, I don't get embarrassed about this. (laughs) I will read Ice Planet Barbarians on a crowded bus. And if anybody has an issue with it, they can go get kick rocks. Like, I don't care. Absolutely. And I'm going to add to it by saying, it's very difficult for me to work out for working out's sake. I do it five nights a week, but I don't like to. And many times over the course of my life, what I found myself doing is tricking myself into working out, playing ultimate Frisbee. I coached and trained um, Muay Thai, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, Jeet Kune Do, and um, Kali, a bunch of different martial arts for many years. And that was kind of like a way to trick myself to working out and being physical by just learning a skill that just so happened to be very physical. And I feel like fantasy novels is a similar thing in that, and kind of one of the reasons why I love the genre as a whole, is it allows us to build intuitions and understandings indirectly. It allows us to kind of sneak up 
those difficult questions about human nature and life and understanding and empathy and all these different things that are much deeper than cool getting lost in dragon fantasy land that actually has real meaning, real lessons that can be applied and used in your life without sitting down to take a how to make my life better class. Because I don't work in that environment. My brain just kind of naturally rejects that sort of thing. So I kind of have to trick myself sometimes to working out and to learning uh, how to develop intuitions about human nature by letting the literary fiction kind of gently guide me past it and almost trick myself into a greater sense of understanding about the world around me because I'm reading and being exposed to all these different characters and brains. And it's added a lot of value to my life as someone who's been a lifelong reader of the fantasy genre. So don't ever feel yeah. embarrassed or let someone else make you feel embarrassed. No, never. Like I said, there are people that never read fantasy because they've tried it and they just don't want to. There are people that never read fantasy because they just don't see any, they don't have an interest in it. And that's 100% valid. Uh, what I do kind of like turn my nose up at a little bit uh, is when people say that it's childish. Uh, that's really yeah. frustrating for me um, because I feel like anybody that has read some fantasy or science fiction or literary fiction or horror or whatever, genre fiction in general, anybody that's read a decent amount of it wouldn't say that because they've probably found something that's moved them quite a bit. Cry, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, uh, hey, here, uh, there's a quote from C.S. Lewis, the author of The Chronicles of Narnia, uh, and this is one of my favorite quotes that says, When I became a man, I put away childish things including the fear of childishness and the desire to be very grown up, which is such an awesome thing to say. Cause you know that CS Lewis was probably getting a lot of flack from his peers, like saying, why are you spending so much time in this childish world writing all these things? Like, why don't you put your massive intellect, which he absolutely had, you know, to better work, like writing exposés on European politicians and the inner workings and machinations of, common law marriage and things like that. And it's like, why not do that? And it's like, cause at the, at the end of the day, he didn't fucking want to, you know? And <laughs> totally something that I've learned after spending an arguably inordinate amount of time on the internet over the last couple of years and being in a, in a fairly public space with my face right in front of thousands of people every day. One thing that I've noticed is that so many people have different opinions, obviously, and that's fine everybody's entitled to them and i've kind of like grown a thick skin around it and like learned it, it's it's not a big deal you know what i mean but one thing that really frustrates me and will continue to frustrate me i think is when people kick up a fuss get upset or accusatory or whatever word you want to use about things that have nothing to do with them and that's right. a thing that i notice on the internet quite a bit is that people get really upset about things they just they just disagree with in principle. Right. These differences is a way to elevate them above you. Yeah. So that's why, like you know, I usually am not super stoked on the conversation of if they're reading this, that means this, you know. And it's just like, dude, you don't know. You don't know right. anything. Absolutely. Even if you did know, so like, if, even if you did know why somebody read fantasy books, and you got to understand it. Why would you care? You know, right. like, what does it matter? Like, why does it matter if somebody wants to escape for a little bit? Why does it matter that somebody likes stories about fairies getting abducted? Right. If it's not having a negative effect on their life. Also, how dare you try to remove something that they enjoy from their life? You know, <laughs> oh, isn't the world it, oh, shitty enough? Yes, like <laughs> seriously. Also, Evan, did you know where C.S. Lewis got that quote? Oh, did he get uh, it from somebody else? Well, at one point in my life, uh, I had 
the entire book of uh, Corinthians memorized. And I think it's first Corinthians 13, like nine or 11. It says, uh, when I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child and I thought as I, I, and I thought as a child, but when I became a man, I put childish things behind me. And that's, it's first Corinthians like 10th or 11th or does it say, including f- the fear of childishness. I don't think so. No. Oh, so he ex- like expanded on that. Yeah, yeah, he, he's oh. his, he's like original, like half of that. He's taking the seed statement. I see what you're saying. Okay. Oh, that's kind of. I just of, heard like kind of when I became though. a man, sort of thing. I was like, oh, he totally got that from the Bible. Oh, wow, interesting. Yeah, I mean, I yeah. know that I know that he was uh, was in. Uh, what was he Catholic? No, he wasn't. Tolkien was Catholic, and C.S. Lewis was not stoked about that. Yeah, they must have some arguments there. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, Chad and I could ramble on probably forever about that. No doubt. Like I said, I not a lot of stuff really gets under my skin lately but that kind of stuff where like you know somebody's if somebody's ever being judgmental towards you for reading fantasy don't worry about it you've got you've got evan and chad over on book reviews kill telling you it's 100 percent okay read like just put up that cover that you're reading with the uh with the naked orc with a sword running through a field with a dragon chasing him like that is a-okay like wear yep. it with pride you know you just enjoy your way all the way to the bank right. and home don't even worry about it i will read my little pony fan fiction on a bus full of rock stars <laughs> i don't care like yep. i don't care and shame on that person for trying to bring something down in the eyes of what you love you know? i don't know if that's exactly what happened in this particular case. i don't know maybe <laughs> not yeah he just was talking about the dip. but it did seem like this person like cared not at all about what he was reading and then was very quick to be like <laughs> But my autobiography, you know, maybe I'm just personifying this this individual here, and there's really no sense of that. But it's funny because uh, I've read a decent amount of like philosophy books and stuff. I've read nonfiction, I've read biographies, um, and there's there's good stuff in there. Obviously, I just don't see how it's better. I can see why somebody would prefer it, but I don't think that you could objectively say, "Well, this is a waste of time," but this. Now you're educating yourself. And it's like, really though? Like, I mean, really? like we learn through stories. Humans are creatures of story. Yeah. And it's like, man, if that's not the best vehicle for learning something, then I don't know what it is for me. And I know we're all different, but man, it seems foolish, regardless what the story is about for someone to belittle a fake story because it, oh, it's a fake story. It's like, man, and there's never been truth in the lie. Like you said, you know, I mean, even if I saw somebody reading something that you would consider maybe to be for lack of a better word childish like twilight <laughs> i would i would read twilight but like i wouldn't post. judge i yeah i wouldn't judge somebody for reading twilight like or if i saw if i saw somebody reading like uh like a goosebumps book like if i saw like a 50 year old man reading a goosebumps i own book. all the twilight books by the way <laughs> do you really <laughs> yeah yeah i haven't read them to be perfectly honest i just saw them all i've at, read the uh, first one i used bookstore and they were like three bucks so i was like i'm gonna own the whole thing i just haven't yeah. gotten around to it I know. I feel like that'd be kind of fun to read on here, but at the same time, like, I don't really want to read them. Me neither, but I feel like they're going to be like nom nom candy, you know? I'm going to be like, oh, all right, this this goes down well. It's like One Direction in book form. You know, you'd think that. Like, <laughs> I don't know, man. Like, I read the first one because, I, okay, so I read the first one at like, th- I'm 32, so at like 30 years old, like 31 or something like that. It was like a last year and a half ago or something. That's pretty typical where the average man picks up Twilight, I think, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like I read the first one and I went into it thinking this is going to be a train wreck. Like this is going to be the worst book I've ever read. And it super wasn't like it wasn't the worst book I've ever read. It's not really that bad. I just think it's like kind of vapid and like there's just not a lot to it. You know what I mean? Like that's a good word for it. Yeah. And I, I'm not trying to say that people that really love Twilight, I totally get it was a phenomenon, obviously. Like, I mean, I really like Harry Potter, but it's stupid. Like, 
You know, I mean, don't use my. It allows you to sidle up to the deeper things of the human condition when you're reading Twilight Line, because like that might not be you, the most. <laughs> but like, I don't know, man. Like people take different stuff out of different things depending on where they're at in life and like the context around like when they're reading okay. it and the people that they talk to while they're reading it, the other conversations they have because of reading it. I mean, there's there's a lot more to the experience of reading something than just reading it. You know, what I mean, well look said. at this podcast. Like, I mean you and I have like there's there's been episodes on this podcast where Chad and I have read a book and then we get together and even though I've got like notes and stuff on it I'm like I don't know how the hell we're gonna have like a good episode about this and then we <laughs> do and I'm like how oh, we just pulled that out of our ass like how the hell did that happen it's because we're having a conversation about it you know like we're talking about it and we get to pull a lot more out of it so I mean I feel like if we read Twilight like maybe we'd pull some stuff out of it but at the same time like I don't know at the very least it'd be fun <laughs> But yeah, but I wouldn't want it to turn into like, you know, one thing I want to avoid on this on this podcast is like, uh, uh, they're like two guys reading Twilight. Like, right, her, right. Her, her, her. I don't like actively go out of my way and spend a bunch of time destroying things or making fun of something that a lot of people did get a lot of value from right, and really exactly. love. So it's like, I know I feel like the entertainment value would be there, but I feel I, I just wouldn't feel good about it. Like, there's a fine line. And I mean, not to mention those books, I feel like we're not like the demo. <laughs> We're not the demographic, <laughs> no. you know what I mean? Like, I mean, maybe, but like, probably not. Like, I bet Stephanie Meyer would be like, uh, why? Yeah, I mean, read them if you want, I guess, but. I bet you we would be absolutely in shock at the awesome conversations that we got out of it. Well, maybe we'll rock Twilight next year at some point, because uh, we are doing Throne of Glass at mm-hmm. the end of this year. I'm not saying that it's comparable to Twilight, because I never read Throne of Glass, but that is kind of like our young adult. Is it romance? I don't know. I don't know. It's our Sarah J. Maas. So it's our it's our yearly Sarah J. Moss. I hear Sarah J. and I'm just like romance, but I don't have any actual idea if that's accurate. I've heard Throne of Glass is like way better than Akatar. Me too. Like, like pretty much, it's like a resounding agreement that Throne of Glass is better than Akatar, which makes me really excited to read it. Yeah, apparently it's super plot driven and just like okay. there's a lot of really cool, um, just like situations and revelations and things. And I mean, it's like. I think it's like nine books or eight books or something. And I don't know Seven, what the reading order is. Of <laughs> I know, I know. I keep well, we're reading Throne of Glass at the same time as we're reading Malaz and Book of the Fallen. Which is a really light, tiny read, so it will be really <laughs> Yeah, Malazan, we'll be able to crack we could do like two books per episode for Malazan, you know. Oh yeah. Oh uh, man, that's oh, I was man. thinking about that today about what it's going to be like doing because like the expense has been piece of cake so far the expense has been so the easiest podcast episodes we've made because there's just so much and chad and i understand everything that's happening <laughs> like like james S. A. Corey is so good at just like very clearly explaining to you like what the situation is and if you don't know you can kind of like there's such a a fandom for it you kind of like look it up for like two seconds and you know exactly what you missed or like what you didn't understand and with Malaza, <laughs> I feel like it's gonna. That's really gonna put us through our paces, dude. Uh, it is lot. gonna put us through our paces. But you know, I feel like we will have uh, gained enough self awareness and hopefully skill in our craft that we can gracefully navigate those waters. We started with Lycanius, and that was. I remember you propositioning it to me. You're like, "We're gonna start with this really easy classic fantasy, just very <laughs> classic, easy." And man, that. Book it was three, so we're still getting like place. 17 new words in the yeah. middle of the book. Just, oh my gosh, it was, it was yeah, a lot. Yeah, I wonder but, if we'd be better at covering Lycanius now that we've had oh, like sure. a year and a half or so of doing 100%. this. 100%. Yeah. 
I know. I feel like that about Greenbone too. Like, I wonder. I haven't gone back and listened to the Greenbone episodes, but um, I'm sure they're all over the place. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm sure they're they're okay. But uh, yeah, uh, I think we're we're off topic enough for me to call this episode. I think that's a pretty good spot. I see the door. You see the door. <laughs> <laughs> I see the door. Everybody, thank you so much for listening to this episode, and thank you for the questions as well. Uh, go ahead. Yeah, and we really appreciate go, it. Go into the Friday Forwards channel in the Discord. Ask us whatever you like, and Chad and I will try our very best to get to those. Uh, next week, Chad and I will be doing a short story. I don't know what short story we're going to do. It might be another Expanse. I nah, hope it's an No, nah, we should do something ah. else. We'll do We'll do like um maybe like a scary one. Ooh, we could do another Stephen King short story. That'd be fun. Ooh, okay. Yeah, I think... Yeah, uh, let's do some horror. Ooh, I've, I've got one in mind for you, actually. Okay, okay. Ooh. Awesome. Okay, folks that are listening right now, uh, let us know if you'd rather hear... Uh, an episode for survivor type or the raft and uh if, if if you're in if you're listening right now and you know what both of those are i'd love to get your opinion because chad is in for a ride uh but other than that uh, everybody thank you so much for listening to this nice and rambly friday forge and uh don't forget that we have a patreon the patreon helps out so much we have a discord we both have instagram pages go give us some love go over there click on the appropriate buttons and Chad and leave I us a comment on Apple Podcast. Yes. It always helps to get some algorithmic love kicked our way. Give us a rating on Spotify. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. <laughs> I put the link in the description of the episodes, by the way. I just oh, started cool. doing that. Yeah, we just passed a thousand YouTube subscribers. Woo-hoo! So we're well Thank on you, our everybody. way. All right, that's it. That's going to do it. Everybody, hope you have an awesome rest of your day. And of course, happy reading. Bye, everybody.